Good morning. It's time for our uh, reading now from the Bible. So if you pick up your Bibles, and we're reading from Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 1 to 16. And that can be found on page 1041 of your Bible. That's 1041. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 16. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal those there who are ill and tell them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. But whoever rejects me, rejects him who sent me. Hey church, sorry that I can't be with you in person today. Mal, Josiah and I, we're doing just fine. God willing, we'll be out of isolation as early as tomorrow. Um, It is a bit boring and it is a bit awkward going back to speaking to you through a camera But we're just going to press through and trust that God speaks through his word anyway. Now, Discipleship Road, it leads to heaven via the cross. We've seen that over the last few weeks. And in chapter 9, verse 51, we read that as the time approached for Jesus to be taken back up to heaven, he set out resolutely for Jerusalem. He set his face towards the cross. And as disciples, we're going to do the same thing. But on our road to heaven by the cross, there's one thing we can do better now than we'll be able to do when we're in heaven, when we're in the new creation. And that is tell people about Jesus. 
of course, when we reach journey's end, we'll be able to tell people about Jesus, but the conversation is going to go, hey, have you heard about Jesus? Yes, he's over there. Right now is our only chance to spread the good news of Jesus to people who've never heard about him before. And in this part of Luke's gospel, we're learning about what it's like to be a disciple. This is how to follow Jesus. And a major part of following Jesus is being a missionary. Chapter 9 opens with Jesus sending out the 12 on a mission very, very similar to the one that we've just read about. In verse 52, he sent messengers out to every single village that he was about to go to. Last week, we read that Jesus told a person that proclaiming the kingdom of God is even more important than attending a funeral. And this week, he sends out 72 more. A major part of being a follower of Jesus is being a missionary, someone who's sent out by him. Now, of course, Jesus' instructions to these 72 missionaries, they were specific to them, specific to their mission, but they were recorded so that we too could be instructed in our mission, our mission in the office, our mission around the dining table, our mission in the volleyball club. So for the next 15 minutes or so, here is Jesus' missionary checklist. Here are five quick instructions to help us share the gospel. Firstly, go together. Go together. In verse 1, we read that the Lord Jesus sent out 72, two by two. They were to go ahead to the villages that he would soon be arriving at, and they were sent in twos because their mission was dangerous. As we see in verse 3, they're sent out like lambs among wolves. They're going to be vulnerable. They're going to be outnumbered. They're going to be in need of support. And this is a good general principle for us as missionaries too. Go together. Being the only Christian in the office or in the friendship group, it's tough. We're vulnerable, outnumbered, in need of support. The idea of speaking up in such an environment is pretty intimidating. But when there's two or more of you, you can back each other up. A few of us from Christchurch Banstead, we play football together on a Friday evening. And it's great to have other Christians to support one another in our witness. One of us will say, shall we invite the guys for a curry one evening? And the rest of us will um, back him up. One of us will say something at the end of a game, like, everyone here, you're welcome to come to our quiz night where we're going to hear about freedom in Jesus. And that is such, so much easier to say that when you know that there are a few Christians there who are already on your side. For you, going together might mean getting your non-Christian friends and your Christian friends around for dinner at the same time. It might mean looking at the community outreach project board at the back of the hall uh, to see if there's a book club that you could join along with another believer. Whatever it is, go together. Secondly, pray for more. Jesus' mission is growing. Even in just one chapter, 12 missionaries have become 72. And that number is interesting. Translators are a little bit confused about whether that number should be 70 or 72. You may have spotted a a footnote 
in your Bible. And this confusion links this passage back to a list of names in Genesis chapter 10, where there's also confusion about whether it's 70 or 72. There it's a list of descendants of Noah after the story of the flood. And it ends with these words. From these, the nations spread out over the earth after the flood. So here in Luke 10, again, we have a group of people, 70 or 72, sent out to spread out over the whole earth. Even at this point in Jesus' life, he was planning to go global. Now, this is obviously too big a task for these few. And so Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. It's a prayer that God would give them success in their mission. It's a prayer that as they head to all these towns and villages, more people would turn to follow Jesus and they also would become missionaries, workers in this global harvest field. It really is wonderful how the Lord of the Harvest has continued to answer this prayer over the years. After Jesus' death, most of his followers seem to have been able to fit all together in one room. Not many people. But one resurrection and one Pentecost later, all of that changed. 3,000 converted in a day. 5,000 converted in a day. Then most of them kicked out of Jerusalem, but then they spread out, sharing the gospel wherever they go. By the time Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire in around about 350 AD, recent research estimates that 50% of the population were already followers of Jesus. And the harvest in the last century has been vast. In 1900, there were fewer than 9 million Christians in the whole continent of Africa. Now, more than 550 million. Nepal gained its first church in 1959 and it had only 29 members. Today, more than half a million believers in that country. And in the year that I was born, you can guess what that is if you like, Mongolia had only four Christians, only four Christians. Today, there are over 20,000. The harvest is plentiful and it's still plentiful. If you don't have another Christian to back you up in the office at the moment, pray. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would provide another worker for you. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would save someone in your office and that they would be able to go with you together on this mission. He can answer that prayer just as easily now as he did in other times in other places. It's just who he is. Thirdly, find support. Jesus sends out these 72 without purse, bag or extra pair of shoes. You can read that in the verses there. This is partly because the mission is urgent. Um, don't worry about getting everything together, just go. But I think it's mainly because these workers, they're going to find supporters in the towns and villages that they're going to. So in verses five to seven, that's just what Jesus tells them to do. Find people who will provide food and drink for you. 
for the worker deserves his wages. They are meant to focus on their mission and they should find supporters who will enable them to do just that. What does that mean for us? Well, these 72 were leaving their jobs, their families, their homes behind for this mission. And most of us haven't done that. But at CCB, we do support several people who have. Rick and Alana Crichton, training pastors, missionaries and teachers in Nigeria. Also, Terry and Christine Miller, planting a church in Cordoba, Spain. We're also supporting Beth and Joel, working with students in Loughborough and Reading. And we've got strong connections with several other mission links. So let's support these people. Write down their names on your phones and pray for them once a week. Sign up for the Christchurch Banstead News every Friday and read the newsletters that they provide there from time to time. Or set up a direct debit to our mission fund. In all of these ways, we help these people focus on the task that they've been given. Um, We support uh, such missionaries. Fourth, proclaim the kingdom. Jesus has so far given these 72 a lot of instructions, but only now does he mention what they're supposed to talk about. Jesus warns his disciples in uh, verses 8 to 12, if you look down there, that they're going to be given a mixed reception. Some towns are going to welcome them in their message, others will reject them. When that happens, they're supposed to wipe the town's dust off their feet. This is a bit of background here. This is what travelling rabbis would do when they left Gentile territories. So this action was a sign, actually, that the kingdom of God isn't about nationality anymore. But whether they're welcomed or not, they're to say the same thing. Verse 9 and verse 11, the kingdom of God has come near. And this is our message too. We tell people about a king like no other, a king who was born in poverty, a king who rode on a donkey, a king who was robed and crowned by people who spat at him, a king whose throne was a cross, a king who prefers to serve rather than be served. Yet this humble king defeated death and is spreading his reign over over all the earth right now. Where he reigns, there is no guilt, there is no sickness, there is no loneliness, there are no chains, there is no fear. The kingdom of God is forgiveness, it's health, it's freedom, it's connection, it's joy. Followers in Jesus have a taste of all of that now and the certain hope of the main course to follow forever when Jesus returns. That's the message that we declare and it is such good news and show people what this kingdom is like as well. For the 72 we read of here, this meant healing. They were showing people that Jesus' kingdom was one without sickness in it. And it's obviously good for us today to pray that God would heal people. But there are lots of other ways that we can show what the kingdom is like as well. We belong to a kingdom of forgiveness, so forgive We belong to a kingdom of welcome, so welcome. We belong to a kingdom of grace, so be generous. Let's show 
and tell the good news of the kingdom of God. Now, here's the final instruction in Jesus' missionary checklist. Mourn the unrepentant. Mourn the unrepentant. Speaking of those who rejected the kingdom of God, Jesus says, Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Saying woe here isn't like calling down a curse on these villages. Jesus is saying, in effect, alas. He's expressing regret and sorrow that these villages haven't turned to him. These were the villages around Galilee, where Jesus, in his early ministry, did the vast amount of his teaching, the vast amount of his miracles. But they threw him out. They refused to repent. And as we read, their fate will be judgment and a world of death. This this should change our heart towards those who don't repent. When putting ourselves out there, it's easy to be afraid of rejection. I guess that is natural. We don't like people looking down on us or thinking we're odd. But Jesus reminds us that they're not really rejecting us. They're rejecting God. Verse 16, whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me, rejects him who sent me. When we know this, our heart changes. Fear of rejection becomes fear for those who reject. Worry about our own reputation becomes worry for their eternity. Concern for ourselves becomes concern for the lost. So, That's Jesus' missionary checklist. This is how to go into this week as his missionaries. Go together, pray for more, find support, proclaim the kingdom and mourn the unrepentant. Let's have these five things on our hearts and in our prayers this week. Go together, pray for more, find support, proclaim the kingdom and mourn the unrepentant. If you would like to start following Jesus this morning, that is great. His kingdom of forgiveness and grace and acceptance is open for you. Do speak to Shaq or any of our leadership and they would be very happy to pray with you.